The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. It's all coming into play now, especially when you look into Mexico sightings. Oh my God, they're not crafty. They're long, wicked worms, dude. They're crazy entities going on out there. Tonight, on a brand spanking new Monsterland, flying swastikas, where's Sam Elliott when you need him? Ronnie's ectoplasm, ew, I mean yum. Monster Media, Chronicle, <laughs> Monster Mail, all that and more on a brand new Monsterland, let's go. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland Podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts, paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc, and the host of the Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. Welcome, monsters. Good to be with you again. With me, as always, author, lecturer, paranormal expert, and friend, Ronnie LeBlanc. What's up, Maddie? How you doing, buddy? Good, brother. We've been just crazy busy lately. Nuts. And uh, as we record this again, as we always say, you could be listening to this at any time, but it's a Tuesday. We normally try to record on Thursdays, release right. on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, but And it, tonight's an Oak Island night for me, so it's a little crazy. Right. Uh, but because of scheduling and your real day job, uh, we had to do it on a Tuesday night again. Right. I have no day job. <laughs> not for very long, my friend. Well, yes, we'll see. Not for very long. <laughs> Trust I don't me. want a day job. Yeah, I, I love this life. Isn't that great? It is wonderful. Um, so we had a lot of follow-up from last week's episode, or I guess this week's episode, uh, East SETI. That was fun. That was like a dream come true to actually talk to James. You were giddy. And- I was giddy. I listened to that. I'm like, I sound like a freaking 12 year old schoolboy. What the hell's going you on? Did. You're I'm like, yeah. well, it was it was good to hear you like uh, that because you're always I'm that. Yeah, you know, and right. you're kind of the more researcher straight guy because yeah. it's just it's just our normal personalities. You're 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 just a little more. Mm, I think you process things more than I do, and and so it was good to hear you kind of just like off the hook and like <laughs> right. excited and like yeah, you were yeah. buzzing. I just, I was like, man, I sound <laughs> like a kid. It's like, like the time I met Rich Robinson, oh, uh, yeah. formerly of the Black Crows, <laughs> now of a wonderful band called the Magpie Salute. They're awesome. They're friggin' awesome. And I met him for the first time since subsequently I met him a few, several times, and I've kind of befriended the band, or rather just attacked the band and made them be my friend. Uh, and by the way... You're like one of the Band-Aids from Almost Famous. I am! I'm like, right? I'm, a, I'm a Band-Aid that none of them are attracted to. <laughs> Um, but it's funny, actually, we might get one of them on the show because I was talking to the lead singer of the Magpie Salute, John Hogg, and he's a Brit, greatest guy you'll ever meet. Super down to earth, you were saying, right? Super down to earth. He's a great listener. He's interested in everything you got to say. He's just a great human being. And I mentioned to him, he's like, so what are you up to, mate? And I'm like, "Uh, well, I'm doing this and this and this, and I'm doing this paranormal podcast. Like, are you into that? And he's like... Mate, it's all me and Rich talk about. Da, da, da. So oh. I'm like, you want to come on? He's like, let's do it. So eventually we'll have some rock stars on here because not again, just again that music connection. That's again, it. it's not just for the novelty, Ronnie, of like, oh, I want to have my favorite band on. Right. <gasps> and there's the the Black Crows. Yes, 
That's a riff that uh, Rich wrote that uh, made them famous. Um, yeah, keep playing that. It's nice. It is nice. Maybe throw a little magpie salute. Throw them a bone. I'll send them this episode. The magpie salute, uh, David. Um, so it's not just because I want to have my favorite band on the podcast, which I do. She talks to aliens. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> well done. Sorry. Uh, but it's that rock and roll musician yeah. artist connection that Graham Cameron talks about that he wrote a book about. Well, what did uh, right? James Gilliland talk about last episode was, you know, that once you kind of open yourself up to this, they can kind of pick up your signal. And I think musicians have that kind of yes. creative mindset they're using. Like Grant said, the, the left the, brain, right brain thing. Exactly. Yes. So I open to it. Yeah. So anywho, I was saying it was like when I met Rich for the first time. There he is. Oh yeah. That's Rich Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. The American Keith Richards. So good. You're about to hear the great John Hogg in a second. He's got great, great pipes, dude. Mm, listen to this guy sing. Turn it up, Dave. Uh, Matt, Matty, could you could you get away from the backstage area, please? <laughs> I was going to ask you. Hey guys, can I come with me. you next time? To yeah. go, actually, go backstage. Absolutely. Okay. So anyway, um, when I first met Rich for the first time, I was overstimulated. <laughs> I was so. But you here's mean, the you thing. You mean you had a bona? Here's the thing. You listening at home, or wherever you are, in your car, running, walking your dog. Yeah. It's a podcast. I don't know what the fuck people do anymore, but whatever you're doing. <laughs> Kidnapping someone. Hot I yoga. don't know. Hot yoga. Hot yoga. If you do hot yoga and you listen to this and you're hot, send us a monster mail. <laughs> what? <laughs> Videos only. <laughs> no, no. Listen, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can identify with whoever your guy is. Right. Right? Whoever yeah. you're, you're a super fan of somebody that if you met them, you would be like, ah, 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 right. Da, da. So as a kid, it was probably Larry Bird. And in my adult life, it would be, you know, Rich Robinson. And... You know, when I was in college, I was in a very dark place at, for a short period of time. I got my, you know, kind of got my heart broken and things weren't yeah. great in my family. I was all messed up. And I was surrounded by, you know, hardcore rap of my teammates. I played basketball and yeah. like reggae rap, you know, like that, like, like the really hardcore rap. Oh, yeah. And then like cheesy pop rap that was big in the 90s. Like 311? In the early mid, no, before that. This is like <laughs> 90. 93, 94, you know, 91, 92, 93, 94. Okay. And it was it was more like um I don't even think was it, I guess it would have been 311. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. But just kind of like that just bubblegum pop yeah. shit no, all around. No substance. Me. And I was right? brokenhearted and feeling terrible myself. I had a bad self-esteem. I was just just hated myself. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was I had heard of the Crows. I was aware of their first record. Yeah. But it was their second record, Southern Harmony, a musical companion, had just come out. And I was flipping the TV channels in my then-girlfriend's dorm, who was soon break my heart. And uh, this song, Remedy, came on. Oh, hey, yeah, let's play some hacky sack, man. <laughs> hey, Maddie. Oh, yeah. Hey, your girlfriend left you, loser. <laughs> Shut up. I feel bad about myself. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I was surrounded by this shit. I, I do like the one song they have. Is, I think it's called Amber. Is the color of your energy. I just think Well, even that riff is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so anyway, I was just awash. I was, and the music was fine, whatever it was. It just wasn't my thing. And I was just, I felt like, you know, I should have been like 20-something. Uh, I, I should have been embracing that college experience. And I felt like an outsider in my own times. Hmm. Okay? And so I was flipping around the TV. And uh, this song came on on MTV, a video, Remedy, by the Black Crows. And the first image I saw, I heard the riff first. I was like, ooh, is that like an old Stones video? What are they doing? So I turn on the TV, uh, and this is exactly what I see. And I see, the first image I see is Chris. And then I see Rich in this crushed red velvet suit. Right. With his badass guitar, his perfect hair. And they were like aliens. They were like hippie aliens in 19... I don't know. I guess it was 92. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was a senior in high school in 92. I was done. I think this might have been 91. I have a distinct no, thank memory. You. Um, thank you. It was because uh, I remember it was my bachelor party. That's how long ago I got married. I was <laughs> in law school. And I remember late in my bachelor party, I was screaming to my friends, I got crow's tickets. I got crow's tickets. <laughs> I, and ended up seeing them at uh, the Wil... No, not the Wilbur. The one um, by, Park, by Park Street. The Orpheum. I oh, saw yeah. them there. I yeah, saw yeah. that tour yeah. probably 12 times with my best friend, wow. Cackler. But so when I saw this, it was like everything I wanted to be, you know, rich, just a badass, confident, great hair. I have terrible hair. You had great hair. <laughs> um, handsome, confident, but also like a freak, like a a rock and roll freak, which is what I always wanted to be, he, but he, it could never be. I he's never very the talent. Mick Jagger kind of vibe to him, right? Oh, the whole the whole thing. So it literally put a swagger back in my step. Like, I know that sounds crazy. It was like I found my, like all my teammates, they had their rap and they had what they were into. Right. I found my thing and it, and it, it carried me through that breakup. It carried me through. So this guy literally, and then as they aged, as the band aged, I aged with them. So in their 30s, they started talk, singing about different things right. that I was going through. And you're kind of going through that with them. 100%. That's and then so in my cool. 40s, they sang about different things, and then they broke up. And now Rich has his own band called The Magpie, and he's like, the songs are like written for me. That's right. how it feels. You know what I mean? So this guy- They're is, like your spirit animal. Yes. So here I am walking up the stairs- because of the radio show I had, yeah, and I had worked it out, and I'm walking upstairs, and Rich Robinson's at the top of the stairs. Unbelievable. This guy who, in some ways, you know, it's overdramatic to say saved my life, but but certainly carried me through some hard times. And he's just smiling. He's like, "Hey, Maddie. Hey, how you doing? Good to meet you, man." And I just, I fuck, I malfunctioned. Oh my god, I malfunctioned. I was like, uh, uh. and then I actually, I actually, <laughs> I could see you dude, doing this. Dude, I could totally can. And inside, be so excited. My inner monologue's like. Calm down, calm oh down. He's gonna God. like you. You're, he's gonna like you for you. Yeah, just be cool. Just be cool. <laughs> and I'm, as I'm having this, I'm like, I lean against the wall. I'm like, so how's the tour going? And I, I shut off the light. Shut I lean against the light up and shut off the shut light. up. I shut off the light in the place. Oh my God! See. So awesome. It's like you turned <laughs> it's into so... like Jack Tripper from Three's Company. Uh, seriously, or something. that's yeah. what I just got the image of. Is like, so what's going on over? Oh, lights out. Fantastic. So he ended oh. up calling, you know, and then we, and then the God, they're so nice to me. Every time they play, they let me backstage and he's so cool. He called my radio show a few times. He made jokes about it. He left, he left, they, you know, <laughs> we wrote liners for him. Go like, could you not shut the lights off next time? You know, <laughs> all this great stuff. <laughs> um, anyway, that's what you reminded me of. Holy God. When, we but just you know, did a rock the review. The whole thing is, you know, music heals. Music was a big mm -hmm. part of my life. 
Yeah, I know. Being in L.A. and doing that. But You're also, in a band. Yeah, and, it, and you know, it was fun, but also similar to you. When I was growing up, I was kind of going through some dark times, and music kind of carried me through. It was kind of one of those things that kind of guides you go through these different things, whether it's you know girls or whatever it is. It's always been that way, and, I, and I've tried to instill that into my kids. Yeah. Music. You know, yeah. You're feeling like crap. Yeah. You know, put some some music on. You know, something that kind of just changed that tempo, that rhythm, and you kind of snap out of that. So, and and now, you know, I'm kind of like living this delayed dream I had of of because I had the what, there's an old saying like I had the spirit but not the talent or something like that. I had the I don't know the yeah there's some spirit there's some I, I had the I had the dream but not the chops or I had the the. The passion, but not the talent. Whatever the saying is, but you get the point. Like but those I, are all not true. Well, for music, it was. I, I, I just never. But now you're a drummer. Kid. Well, now I've been taking drums, right? So, like, I, I'm living this delayed dream, and I'm actually pretty good at it. Dude, like, I'm it's a good never, drummer. It's never too late to to pick up an instrument and start doing that. That's awesome. Well, that's what it is. So now I'm in bliss. Like, I tonight I had an appointment, or today before the podcast, and I was speeding home. Because I heard a Rich Robinson solo song that I love, and you wanted to play, it and I was like, songs. I want to, I want to go home and play to this, and I was like, speeding. That's home. awesome. Yeah. So Rich Robinson owes me four hundred bucks. I got a speeding ticket. Wow. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So a little peek inside our personalities, Ronnie. I like it. Um, our guest tonight. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's get to why we're here. Jeff Woolwine. Now tell me about this guy. Where did you find him? You know, I just uh, there's certain people that I've been following on Facebook and. You know, I've heard of him from before. Uh, Jeff's been on Ancient Aliens in the early days. But um, I just noticed him recently talking about stuff. I've just seen his orb videos. But then also, you know, he's um, really kind of tied in the whole Native American culture, yep. the petroglyphs. Yep. And he'll talk about in this in this episode what he thinks these things really are. Well, and it And it takes it down a path that I think maybe this is where we're going. This is probably one of our more controversial interviews in terms of him. Oh, totally. Um, Jeff, you know, the orb videos are incredible. Like, you talk about an orange orb. If you go to his site... And he's shooting these similar to me, okay, where yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to my backyard and just kind of... They're all over the place. He's doing the same thing. He moved to a, a particular spot in Arizona that has a high activity and purposely set up his camera and everything. What was bias. that? Might be not demon. Oh my god! Oh my god! My Dave, name is Beelzebub. Dave, when you <laughs> when you edit this after, isolate that sound that just came out of Ronnie. Because oh my god, uh, we'll slow it down. Thank Who you. knows what we'll find? Yeah, in this. no kidding. Like an orb, there'll be another dimension in there. Play it back. Play it backwards. Uh, no, but he's been posting these videos that he's taken from his like kitchen window. Yeah, but they're just constant, and it's daylight. It's not these crappy night videos with a light kind of blinking. Is that a plane? No, it's a blue sky, and you see this yellowish orange orb just freaking sitting there. Or these shape-shifting objects. Weird that objects. Very weird. So that's that's the, you know, I'm not going to give up the, the interview here, but what he says these things are, he says, according to him, has cost him appearances on these shows that he was on because he says there's something that uh, aren't craft and it's right. a controversial stance. He also has a very unique take on the Phoenix Lights. He's from Phoenix and mm -hmm. we had Dr. Lynn Katai. You can go back to our uh, earlier season yep, one season episode one. Uh, interview with her. 
So, um, but he's also he's got a great spirit. He's got an infectious energy. He's, he's got super a great funny. energy. And you know what? We need people like this that we can collaborate with. That we can continue because you know what? It's it's going to take people that have an outside the box kind of view of this whole thing. Indeed. It's all about perspective and perception. And he has a different. He's on some kind of path, and he and he yeah, kind of says clearly. at the beginning of this interview, he goes, "I'm not sure why I'm seeing these things, but." I find it a, to be a, a more of a spiritual path as opposed to, you know, oh, I've been abducted by aliens. But maybe right. he's being guided to help others understand this. And, and it's similar to what we're doing here. You know, what yes. I, why I wrote the book was, one, to kind of shed some light on what I was starting to go through, but also maybe others can kind of relate to this and share their stories and try to spread the truth, even if it seems crazy as shit. yeah. You know, yeah, there's something going on, and 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 more people, are, more people are kind of, I think, coming awake and, and just kind of seeing that there's something more to what's going on. I agree, because whether you disagree or agree with Jeff after hearing this interview, it's important to hear other takes and other voices. If we right. become fundamentalist about our beliefs about something, that let's be let's be honest. Nobody knows. They might think they know. They might believe they know, but we don't know if they know the truth. And I'm, you so know, why I'm, not hear everybody? I'm trying to think of the quote too that says that you know with, when you have like geniuses, at first they're they're against you, right? The and in then, your time, and, yeah, yeah. And, and then yeah. they start to kind of, and then once they your theories are proven true, like oh yeah, I know that guy. He, I know it's yes, and it's yes. kind of like what he's kind of going through because there is, and I firmly believe this, a Native American understanding that would help us in modern day times understand what the hell's going on. No doubt. And if we put that piece together, I mean, we, we talk about this a little bit. It's all about these different locations and the energy of these locations and the history of these locations and what is at these locations is some kind of opening, closing where these things are coming in and out of, whether they're other dimensions, which we're starting to learn more about with Sasquatch. This is not an animal that we think it is. It's not a um, cryptozoological creature, but something else. But then maybe, and Jeff gets into it, you'll have to hear, but it just takes it down a different road and starts to almost make sense, even though it sounds so crazy. Speaking of sounding crazy, all I can think of now is 311. <coughs> Damn you, David. Damn you, producer David. Uh, decide for yourself, monsters. Here's Jeff Woolwine. Jeff Woolwine, welcome to Monsterland. Hey, thank you very much. Great to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. So Ronnie started telling me a while ago about your videos, and he was like, you got to check these out. you got to check these out. And then we were going through them. We were blown away. Crazy, with the orbs <laughs> and everything else. And it'll just Can you give us a little bit of background on, on you and how you started getting into this? And uh, I'm just amazed at how many videos you seem to be posting with orbs and other type of creatures almost. Um, yeah, you know, I, um, I got into UFOs, uh, you know, years ago, over 20 years ago, um, when I just first started, uh, you know, noticing them. Um, I can remember as a kid growing up in this area here, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, I was seeing orbs in the sky, I was seeing lights in the sky, but I really didn't, you know, pay much attention to it. I mean, I knew that there were UFOs in the sky because, you know, me and my classmates used to talk about it, you know, and, hmm. and the funny thing of it is, you know, like when I was a kid, like in fifth grade, I was talking to a, a Native American uh, friend of mine, um, 
he was about the same age I was, and I was like, yeah, you know, did you see that light last night, you know? He's like, well, my grandfather says that they live in those mountains, and he pointed towards the White Tang Mountains, towards the west side of Phoenix, mm. you know, and that just really didn't dawn on me, because I'm just a kid, I'm in the fifth grade, oh, right. well, let's get, you know, you know, let's go to, uh, let's go play, you know, but <laughs> later, you know, um, when I started realizing, wow, man, there is something here in the skies, that's when I really started, you know, watching them back. And, uh, you know, I, I can't take any credit for it. You know, I'm just watching it. I'm a witness. I'm a video. Um, it's all them. Uh, I'm just watching back. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate that they are revealing, them, revealing themselves to me. And for reasons, uh, not yet understood yet. I mean, I go, I go through some of it into my second book, which is being published now. Uh, the first book is, is already out. And that's called The Phoenix Light, Petroglyphs in the Sky, True Stories, Myths, Legends, and UFOs over Phoenix, Arizona. An investigation I, I did, I, I learned that, you know, the source, the source of these things, where these things like to hang out, is by a mountain. For I uh, purposely moved to the east side of South Mountain in 2005, and I sat there for a couple of years. And um, I had a perfect view out the window there, my kitchen window, camera tripod set up, everything ready to go. And lo and behold, you know, one came out of the sky and kind of absorbed itself into the rock there, you know. And uh, I'm like, wow, you know. And uh, like months before this, during my investigation, uh, I had seen a Native American uh, shaman um, up on South Mountain on a public access uh, television uh, show out here in Phoenix. And he was uh, talking about the petroglyphs. Now, one of the one of the uh, the people that he was explaining these to, he says, you know, this stick figure man looks like he's looking up at something above him in the sky. Is, uh, Jeff, real quick, explain what a petroglyph is. Those are those those huge like uh, figures carved into the earth, right? Like human yes, uh, here here in the Southwest and uh, from the Indian writings, um, they they're carved into stone. They're called petroglyphs. Uh, they're um, on the other side of the world, such as Egypt. They're, they're called hieroglyphs. So there's different interpretations, but pretty much the same meaning. I mean, they're all carved. They're all, you know, talking about the same stuff. Um, but down here in the Southwest um, and sometimes around uh, the United States, the Native Americans, they call them petroglyphs, which means rock carving, rock art. Mm. And so anyway, um, he goes, he goes, yes, he goes, that is one of the interpretations here is that our ancestors saw and recorded things in the sky. And that just set off a light bulb in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, we have strange lights in the sky. Now we have strange markings on the rocks out here. There has to be a connection. Right. So I, I, got, I got a hold of this guy, and I met him up there on South Mountain, and we did about a two-and-a-half, maybe three-hour tour, and he went into some crazy stuff I was thinking at the time. You know, he was telling me, telling me about the spirals. And the significance of South Mountain and, and how holy and sacred it was. And he was telling me about light and shadow markers and, and spirits, okay? He wasn't going into crap. He was talking spirits, man. Mm. You know, and he was telling me that these spirals, right, are representing doorways. Okay, portals. now, I think it was, yeah, portals. I think it's like 80% of South Mountain out here has spirals carved on it. Wow. And, um... At the time, way back then, way back then when the Holocon, and the Holocon means uh, the people who had vanished. They were the, the first Indian, Native American Indians that first lived here. And 
the Pumas call them Holcom. Now, Holcom is a Puma name, meaning the people who have vanished, the people who are gone, the people who got taken away. Because we don't know what happened to these people. They were here a thousand years. They built the, the greatest canal systems in the world. Uh, they supposedly were a peaceful, peaceful race. But yet, one day, they simply upped and vanished, okay, with no trace. I mean, even, even when me and you move, we take our belongings with us, but yet the whole comms disappear. Well, when you examine the petroglyphs as, as much as I have within the last 20 years, and, and you look at the evidence, and you look at the facts, and you talk to other Native Americans who will talk to you about this, because not all of them will talk to you about this. Some, some might have theories, some tell you some other crazy stuff, but some will tell you the truth. And the ones that, I, that really made sense because I'm going with the history here. I'm going with what was carved on the rocks because they didn't have video cameras back then to record their sightings, to record what had happened. They had stone boulders to record something significant at the times of, of when it happened mm. on sacred spots. This is the reason why we find rock art on one side of the mountain, but we won't find rock art on the other side of the mountain. Is because nothing happened over there. It all happened here. When you see rock art in a specific place, that is a testimony. That is a, uh, a photograph, if you will, of what happened in this area. So when you look at the petroglyphs, the petroglyphs tell you, man, hey, these phoenix lights, these orbs, these flying serpents, these flying spiders, these flying swastikas are picking people up by their heads and taking them away. Now, I describe this thing in my book, and it goes into it, and it says that the devil came from the east and took the people away. Now, there Whoa. were people that survived this Holocaust. They hid in caves. They saw what was going on. They saw all these things picking people up and taking them up into the sky, never to return. And they were terrified. I've always wondered that. I've always wondered that because they, they, they would go underground. It was like, what caused them to do that unless there was some kind of threat coming from the air? Now, when it was all over with, they, they buried all their stuff here in the mountain. And they swore never to come back into this valley. They knew if they were going to live here in this valley of the sun, that eventually they would have to go back to war with these spirits of the earth and sky. So they, they were terrified, and nobody lived. This is a cursed land. And they all took off, and they went back to Mexico to where their fatherlands were. And, they, and nobody lived here for 400 years. Now, there were Indians and tribesmen on the outskirts of Phoenix, Arizona, watching the lights, watching the Phoenix lights, watching all these crazy things, but they were afraid. They never stepped into this valley. It's occurring to me, like, we're, we keep finding patterns on this podcast as right. we interview people, so two huge themes keep coming up as we speak to people like yourself and to abductees or to whomever involved in this world, and that is Native Americans keep coming up over and over and Shaman, over again. Shamans Shamans, yep. and then also mountains, as right. access points for UFOs. You know, you got Iseti, Mount Adams, you've got uh, in China, Kali, uh, Mount Kalish. Mount Kalish in China, and now you're telling us they're in Phoenix. Um, what do you think that is? Do you think that's where they come in and out of? You know, in 2004, uh, I noticed that these lights, when I was filming them, uh, you can see there's a power plant. There's a major power plant on the east side of South Mountain that's bored down into this fault line. Now, I found an old map uh, that when the pioneers first got here, they mapped all the canal systems and all the places where the Holocom lived. And it seems um, where that power plant sits today is right the heart of the Holocom city. So they were seeing lights there. And it's my opinion, through the rock art and through everything that I've investigated, that, that these uh, Holocom Indians, they wanted to get as close as they could to their spirits because these were their gods. 
you know, just as it says in some of these scrolls that we read. You know, I even find uh, evidence that there was giants up here in South Mountain. Matter wow, of fact, wow. uh, another theme. Um, ma- matter of fact, the uh, superstition mountains. There's a whole uh, myth about that. Yes. Let's, let's not even go into the lost Dutch. Well, well even mine. even that's you know, compared to the giant story that's going on over there. Right. Well, even <laughs> I'm even thinking like Moses, right, going up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. There's always that. Right. Uh, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, when you look at this, when you when you look at the. Uh, you know, when you read some of that, you know, if if we take religion out of the Bible, okay, right. and we look at it as a history book, it tells you what these things are. It tells you <laughs> they have been here the whole time. Exodus, the books and the books of Numbers, when Moses was leading his followers out of out of Egypt, it says a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and these people followed this thing around around in the desert. Yeah. It says that that thing stopped in the desert, and those people pitched camp and wouldn't move for a whole year until that thing started to move. <laughs> okay, so basically, they're following a UFO in the desert for 40 years, man. You know, and what happened to Moses? He was taken away by a light, and it wasn't, it wasn't Moses that brought people into the promised land. It was that thing in the sky. Were you part of did, did you see what is i know you see lights all the time and you take tons of video but i'm i'm wondering because we had we had dr lynn kitai on uh the show okay and i'm wondering if you okay. saw what is you know kind of famously known as those are those first the first phoenix lights did you see those okay um well there's a you know there's um no i i, I wasn't there the the event i heard about the lights. um i didn't start seeing the lights um, until I believe it was what 2000, uh, I think it was like around 1999, 2000, I guess it was. I didn't start filming them until 2004. But when it comes down to this serious case, okay, you really have to ask yourself now, now I, okay, let's make this, let's get this out in the open. Okay. I do believe that there are crafts out there. Sure, why not? It's it's um, it's open. But what I think the majority of what the people are are seeing, because I have studied this, I have seen this, I have witnesses firsthand in 2005, and continue to witness this, is another living entity. I was the first one to bring this to the uh, to the attention of of the ufologists, to the History Channel. To ancient aliens. Matter of fact, um, I was on the pilot for the ancient alien series, and and also also the UFO hunter show, which later turned into the UFO hunter show, and I did that show also. And at the time, they were just telling me, "Well, it's just a theory," and you know, blah blah blah. blah. And they're telling me, "Dude, you're filming some outrageous stuff," you know. And well, it was. It, it, it ex- was not a crap. It's not technology. Yeah. Okay. And when when it comes to the Phoenix Lights, you really have to ask ask yourself now. You know, if something doesn't make sense, it's not credible to me. Okay, so when it comes down to the Phoenix Lights and 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 you, and you hear this report, thousands of people witness this craft going over city, but yet not one video. So you know, but people are just, in my opinion, blowing this way out of proportion. If a craft went over the city then surely there'd be evidence, okay? So I've got lights over the city. I've got lights over this. Oh, you know, I've got credible uh, video. But yet when it comes to this craft, I can't find one single evidence that anything like that had ever occurred. I hear hearsay. Hearsay. And hearsay is okay, but you really need to, to be credible. Now, what is the credible event that happened that night? What is what we see over there and continue to see to this day are lights. Light single 
lights. If you see five lights out there, you see 10 lights out there, it's not a cloaked ship. It's a living entity. Each light is a specific entity being, hmm. okay, and they're in formation. Okay, now I have just, uh, I have found them flying over the city. Matter of fact, the light flew over my house uh, back in November. Um, that video is really cool. That was really neat that night. We saw some lights over here on the west side also from my apartment. Uh, just two of them from the west side. It was really quick. What, what kind of entities um, do you think they yeah, are, Jeff? Yeah, when you say that, what do you... You're what drawing you, a clear okay. distinction between craft and entities. So, yeah, yeah who are the right. entities? This is something completely different. If you look at Mexico, they call them the, the Quetzalcoatl, the flying serpent. Yes. Okay, we got the same carvings out here on South Mountain. Look at my Facebook page, you know. I, right. I was just I was just up there. Uh, Similar to the Asian ago, dragon. And I'm, showing, mm. I'm showing the video. You know, look, they're looking up at a flying snake. Not a flying saucer, not a flying craft. I can't find any flying saucers or flying crafts up on the South Mountain. What I find is living entities. They're seeing living creatures, flying spiders, flying crosses, flying orbs, flying lights, okay? Flying plasticas, okay? It's weird stuff. All right, it's another another living organism, if you will. Just Dude. as the oceanographers are finding new species of life below the ocean, this is a new species of life above the ocean so, that the scientists and many other people fail to recognize. So above, as above, so below, right? <laughs> That's it, sir. You know, and a lot of people they see they see this orb up there and they automatically think it's a ship. Right. But what they're not realizing is, look, what if it is a living entity? It's an it's another it's an animal higher than us. Okay? So it's, that's it's, <laughs> that explains a lot when you think of the whole disclosure movement and why maybe they've been kind of holding back on revealing that information because right. it's not necessarily another civilization that's like us per se. And yes, there's other beings and whatnot, but what people are actually seeing are these creatures, these dragons, right? right? Um, Absolutely. And, and that's what that is. And that kind of well, changes the whole game. To be fair, you know, even like Lynn Kitai and some of her stuff was, was describing these things almost as angelic, if you will, you know, right. besides the actual life she described, remember the thing coming up to her and people having kind of angelic experiences or yeah. experiences. With, and then also, uh, Jeff, there are people in, even in ufology who have described some of these craft because they didn't have the probably words that you have or the knowledge of the take that you right. have they're thinking craft but they right. describe them as somehow biological right yes yes yeah they they yeah they're they're saying craft because that's all they know know about at the time you know and they really haven't they haven't studied they don't have the time i did i watched them out and i saw these things firsthand they flew by my window so many times mm. and i have clear evidence of video of this you know, and I have evidence of the rock art, you know, to back me up. But once I figured out all this, I knew I was right, and it didn't matter what what everybody else said to me. Look, dude, this is what history is saying these are, you know, and yeah. I'm a witness to it. The, the Indians was a witness. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. Uh, have you been contacted by these entities um, through, you know, extrasensory or anything like that? Like or telepathy? Just, or? Just, yeah, like, or is it just you see them? You know, what I learned in my research on this and on the petroglyphs and this mountain, I learned that the, that the petroglyphs has the power to invoke them. And if you go up there and you talk to them and you acknowledge that they're real and you acknowledge that, they, that this is existence and you, and you don't have any shadow of a doubt, they will come and see you. But, you know, I really think um, it probably goes deeper than that. Um, 
I, I really don't understand why I'm seeing them so much and other people don't. Maybe because I, I'm more open mind to it. Maybe because I, I understand them a little bit more. Mm. But like I said, I was seeing them when I was a kid. So, uh, you know, who knows? What, I don't know if there's some kind of bloodline going on. Well, uh, um, do you I have, do you have uh, Native American that, blood? Not that I know of, no. Huh. I was adopted, so I don't know my real parents. Hmm. I, 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 you might. You might. You might. Uh, well, I, I, it's it's interesting too because I feel like um, you know even on my own kind of path and experiencing this stuff, I'd I'd started bringing back recollections of my childhood and, and certain experiences or encounters that I had that kind of made more sense now coming from this perspective. And uh, I just wonder if you feel like you are on you know you talked about uh, meeting with the Native American shaman and kind of guiding you. Do you feel like you're on this almost like a spiritual path now? more so than something that is, I guess, um, alien, but more kind of a, an understanding of the greater thing that's kind of going on I, out there. I tell you what, you know, the, the more you investigate it, the more you see them, the more you understand it's going to change you. It, it changes the way you look at the world. It changes everything. It changes your life. I mean, it, it just it changes everything. So, uh, yeah, some would say it's like a spiritual walk. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, it, it does change you. You are um, open to uh, what's here. You do understand more. And, uh, you know, it was really cool because uh, I was up there on the mountain that day and I saw this orb carving and I was like, hey, you know, come and see me. You know, come, you know, come check me out. You know, I haven't seen you in a while. Come, come. Two days later, man, that orange orb, that yellow orb just came over, wow. man. It was great. Came from the west. Hung up there in the sky there for a little while, and then it started going east, and it, it, it turned, or I'm sorry, yeah, east, and then it turned and went back the way it came from, man. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> if that's not contact, dude, I don't know. Right? Yeah, man, that's it, awesome, it's Jeff. great. Okay, so we need to ask ourselves, okay, we're seeing these things in the sky today. What does this say about our future? Mm. Are we going to end up disappearing also? Well, I was wondering what your thoughts are on that because, you know, we keep on hearing that the veil is being lifted, that the there's um, being a, a merge, a merging of both worlds, the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, and the, and the physical realm. Do you think that we're going to see something like this, that this is going to be a, maybe this is an apocalyptic type of event that's coming Absolutely. our way? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, every time the man interacts with these things, I mean, because when you look at the interpretation here, when you look at the at the um, at the legend, it says that when the holocrons arrived here, they didn't know how to live. So these things came up out of the sand world, and they looked like uh, humans, and they taught these people how to live. In return, they worshipped these things as gods, and then they went back down to the sand world, and then everything went to heck. They got taken away. Okay, so I think what's going on now is, is they're finally being, it's very possible that they were, after this flood that wiped out everything, after they got taken away, um, that they were dormant, that they got locked up and dormant uh, for a thousand years. Well, this thousand years is up, all right? Now they're coming out, and um, I think it's only, about, and they're waiting. Um, some would like to call them watchers, okay? They're waiting, they're watching for man to need them one more time because if one landed on the White House lawn and says, here, you know, here I am, worship us, you know, people say, wait a minute, man, I got to go to school. I got to go to work, man. I, I got a roof to support over my head. I don't got time <laughs> to worship you. You know, I mean, dude, what's up with that? But if something was to happen and two-thirds of the population is gone and there's no water and there's, and there's uh, uh, toxins in the air and, and it, the world is a desolate place and then one comes down and turns himself into a man and say, 
look what I can do for you. I can clean up the waters. I can clean up the air. I can give you his food. In return, worship me. Mm. That opens up a whole new book of Revelation mm. here. Right. The thing that really kicks in, really kicks, kicks me in the butt here about all of this is the same stuff that we read in Genesis 6 when these things came down and interacted with man and then things got crazy is the same story up on the rocks here. All right, it's neat. You can read it in the, in the book and then you can come out here and on mountains and you can see the photographs of what the, of what the book is talking about, man. Wow. It, it's perfect. It, it, it per, it's perfect. Jeff, Giant. Jeff, I'm sensing, you know, your passion is clear and, and the videos are incredible on your site uh, and we'll direct people to your to your Facebook page and to your uh, petroglyphsinthesky.com and all that. But um, I'm sensing like uh, your passion almost sounds like you might have got some resistance to the fact that you're saying they're entities oh, yeah. as opposed to oh, craft. Man. How, how, how sure, is that man. manifested this, itself? This, this, is, this is all new to people. I, this was new ever since 2005 when I discovered it. You know, in history, it was telling me, you know, this is all new. You know, you can't go saying living entities. You can't go saying angels. can't say spirits. can't say this and that. you got to say craft, dude. Because wow. what you're filming is bizarre stuff and people aren't ready for it. Wow. You know, I've been criticized all these years, you know. Oh, dude, you're filming balloons. You're filming flares and all this crap. And I'm like, dude, you know, let's get real. So now, like, it, it just started hitting about a lot in the last 13 years. People are just now starting to see these flying snakes and these orbs and these other crazy-looking things. And they're messaging me, not only here in the United States, but around the world. You know, look, I filmed the same thing you saw in 2005. So... It's all coming into play now, especially when you look into Mexico sightings. Oh, my God, they're not crafty. They're long, wicked worms, dude. They're crazy entities going on out there in Mexico. This is what's going on here in Arizona and also in the United States and also around the world. I've been getting reports from Chile. They're seeing the same type of entities, not crafts, but living, biological, if you will, supernatural entities. They're creatures. Someone even call them monsters, man. They're scary. You know, and this is the biggest conspiracy of all time. This is the biggest cover-up of all time is just, yes, these things are real. They're here. This is why the government is not talking about these things, because everyone is expecting a UFO and Nuts a green and man to come out of it and say, here, I'm here to cure cancer. That's right. not what's going to happen here, brother. Jeff, you're awesome, man. Jeff Woolwine, thank you so much. Uh, we we want to talk to you again. Yeah, we will we'll stay in touch. Yeah, man. Uh, great stuff, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, another f***ing pickup. God damn. Oh, shit. We're recording. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland, Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Check out Jeff's incredible videos. You can go to his Facebook page, Jeff Woolwine, W-O-O-L-W-I-N-E, just like it sounds. See him on Facebook. He's got books available. Also, Petroglyphs in the Sky, Petroglyphs in the Sky, um, so go visit Jeff and watch those incredible videos. Thanks to him. How about a little producer Dave time? Oh, I love it. All right, gentlemen. Once again, it's time for Monster Media. Yeah, you baby. are listening yeah. to the Monsterland podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm coming apart. Now it's time for Monster Media. Okay, we're going to try something different. We've done movies. We've done TV shows. We've done reality TV. We haven't done... Music. We haven't done songs. Ooh, so, cool. Um, 
Perfect. I didn't Accor- even know that when I when we I'm, opened the show with a whole music rant. Didn't did you know or did what maybe did you know? Weird. That's <laughs> I know weird. you're right. That you're is right. weird actually. No, I had it prepped on my screen what before the f- you. <laughs> I know. Another well, synchronicity. Synchronicity. <clears throat> uh, so, according to you guys, ever heard of the blog Team Hellions? No. No. Okay. Um, looks like he does. He writes about a lot of. Uh, paranormal stuff. Team oh, cool. TeamHellions.com, Gen X Geek Dad, de- Geek. I can't, easy for me to say. Gen X Geek Dad. That's hard to say. <laughs> and pop trash <laughs> and pop trash culture discussion. He's a blogger. Paranormal post. The top ten songs with paranormal subjects. Ooh. Ten songs, all with paranormal subjects. I will play a clip of the song. Yeah, uh, we don't have to do turns, do we? You're just gonna yell out if you know it, right? All right. Or you want to do, or you want to do turns? You want to do turns? No, no, I go one no. for one and one for one. Okay, okay. I, I get some good. I get some good. Yeah, I, right, I know right. my music. Yell out your name. First one to yell out the name of the song or the band. The, well, no, you say you like Ronnie if you know it. I'll say Maddie. Okay, okay, right. got it. All right. We'll we'll do all the old. Right. You both have two syllable names, so even keel. Okay. Here we go with number ten. Number ten. This is 311. I'm going to fucking... <laughs> now, some of these are going to be more I love obscure it. than others. Good. This one is definitely a band you've certainly heard of. Whether Monsters you know... can play along at home. Right. Whether you've heard the song, I don't know. So do you want me to start to give hints? I, I just want to hear, like, vocals. Yes. Okay. I'll know okay. vocals. Get through the... Just see a bunch of guys, like... This is like, it reminded me of a recording Stonehenge. studio in the 80s, just doing tons yes. of blow. To- <laughs> Sounds great, mate. Sounds great. Well, Keep the sustain going, mate. Keep the sustain going. More reverb. Longer, no, no, no vocals yet. Just keep that. Yeah. <laughs> keep it going. Our, our, 10 minutes. I want 10 minutes of this. Harmonics. Harmonics. Our blogger writes, I'll be the first to admit that this song comes off as more spinal tap than truly serious. Totally. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Chill. Did you ever? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you a couple hints, and then right. we gotta call right. it. But um, right. this refers to a specific paranormal, enti- mythical entity that is not located in the United States. It's getting kind of badass now. Okay, this is definitely. Like, um... I mean, I could just guess on that hint, Maddie. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Loch Ness monster. We will uh, accept Loch Ness. The name of the song is Loch Ness. Very oh, good. Yeah. Wow. Just a guest based. I've never heard the song. Yep. Holy crap. But he said Entity and it has a dark Loch Ness yeah. feeling. Oh. This song, wow, I'm man. glad. Who is it? Judas Priest. Sorry. Judas Priest. Oh. Yeah. oh. I was going to say, it sounds definitely dated. Like Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at least 20, 25 yes. years. Isn't and the lead you- singer of Judas Priest gay? Yeah, no. The, yeah. Yes, he is. Sure, the beast Apropos, from Judas Priest. Get yeah. out of town. His name's Bruce Dickinson, isn't it? Bruce Dickinson. Bruce, Dick- yeah. Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> uh, this song, by the way, I, we, we can be done talking about it, but it lasts 13 minutes. If oh, so. <laughs> fuck. Perfect. Yes, another 14 minutes, Bruce. <laughs> I want to bob it myself at this point. You know what we need to do? Jazz Odyssey. <laughs> I'm not about to do a full, full-scale full no. jazz exploration in front of a festival crowd. Uh, All right. Here's uh, All right. All right. Jeez, coming up. Terrible. That was a lucky guess. Yeah. Was terrible. Here's number nine. 
much love the most. Don't know it. I can tell by your. It's beautiful. Yeah. Who is it? Ronnie, you don't know, do you? So this is Jim one of, Croce. One of the no, that's not a bad guess. Uh, one of the more obscure ones on the list. Uh, it's called the Ladder Song. You heard that lyric yep. uh, by a band called Bright Eyes. Huh. Um, lead singer Connor Oberst touches on a wide array of strange subjects. Most of them have to do with an emerging movement called ancient astronaut theory. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. ancient aliens, oh, yeah, ancient, ancient aliens. aliens yeah. Okay. All right. So beautiful. Nobody, it's a beautiful song. Uh, yeah, it's kind of pretty. Number eight. Is that me at drum practice? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Seventies. How about? Oh, uh, Maddie. Go. It's Blondie. It's uh, correct. Uh, uh, I just gave you the name of the song, but you would accept Blondie, right? I would. I will accept Blondie. Uh, I will give you Blondie. Woo! What if the song were about the end of days? What would you call it? Armageddon. No. No. Apocalypse. Um, oh, maybe I've got my biblical terms wrong. Genesis. <laughs> What's the, the name of the song? Exodus? Let, I'll give you a hint. There's there's a... Um, Gingivitis? Uh, Debbie Harry famously raps in the middle of this song. So the name oh. of the song is... Oh, my God. You guys are terrible. Rapture. 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 Oh. So what's the rapture? My. Rapture is... Yeah, no, that's, so, that's, that's, <laughs> that's end of days, right? Okay. Let, me, let me break it down for you. Yeah. Uh, so the born-again Christians believe that Jesus is coming back. It's going to take everyone that believes that's saved, and then everyone else that's on this earth will die. Okay. Or there'll be a period of like seven or misery, seven years right? of, seven of, years the tribulation. of, of misery yeah. while they're here and they're gone. Funny Blondie story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was <laughs> in my New York City years. I was doing a commercial for Pizza Hut. And the idea for the commercial was it's one, of those, it's one of those. Well, it never aired. Thank God. Uh, but it's one of those ambush commercials, which I freaking hated what doing. Do I, I, I told my agent I didn't want it like um you know, uh, hidden cameras. People, oh, people essentially think it. they're there eating something, and then you reveal. It's like the old Folgers. We've replaced We've your replaced coffee. Your okay, with Folgers so and coffee. The idea was they went to the most shishi bakery in Brooklyn, and right. I play the baker's new guy hired at the bakery, and these are real people coming in hidden cameras, and I say we're using. Tell me, uh, this is the, the the new bread we're trying. People try and be like, mm, it's delicious, and then I go, it's Pizza Hut crust, and they, <laughs> and they drop this curtain. It's all Pizza Hut, right? People were getting fucking pissed. They were like these So guess who comes in? Deborah Harry, Blondie. No. And she's like a local. She went there every day and got her bread or you know whatever. Oh, she's she didn't regular. know that you no guys were idea. there. Wow. And oh. not happy. Oh no <laughs> way. <laughs> a, a dirty Deborah Harry. <laughs> Let's just put it this way: she didn't sign the release. No. <laughs> and I'm trying to be all charming, like yep. it's pizza. She's like. Are you fuck? Are you kidding me right now? Are you well, kidding me right now? This song is. is I neat. love your music. This is obviously kind of a silly song, but here's where the the paranormal element comes in, right here. Yeah. It's coming. Francois Truffaut. No, no. Oh, is it? Did you say? Did you say Francois Truffaut? Who was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind? There you go. It's, of course. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Yep. Then a tall kid tried to sell me Pizza Hut bread. <laughs> Fuck that kid. <laughs> this sin's just crust. Used to love this bakery, never coming back here anymore. All right, moving on. <laughs> 
Um, all right. The number seven song. <laughs> I had the. I had, I had the link prepared for number seven, and it has been blocked by YouTube. Oh. Damn you, YouTube! Um, Nothing in editing can't fix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can still. Fi- I can still find it. Hold on. Uh, we might as well stick to the Damn list. Damn you, YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Good call, Ronnie. That's the What's dude that? from uh, Close Encounters. Yeah, Great heard. ear. Here we Ronnie, go. Should get a, Ronnie should get a point for knowing that guy, getting that guy's name in there. I, so it's two to one. I should have Ooh. a point deducted, even though I'm not playing, because I've heard that song a zillion times, and I didn't realize he was saying Francois Truffaut. Well, I'm just oh. guessing. That's what I thought. Francois no, Truffaut, well, she's talking UFOs. Truffaut. It makes total sense. We're going to have to look that up. Francois Truffaut. Uh, yeah, it does sound like it. Uh, okay, yes. so, okay, back on track here. Yeah. Let's do it. Song number seven. Okay. I will tell you this. I like it. I don't know it, but I like it. Here's a hint. This is a huge. Come on, come on. The style of the song is a huge departure for this rock duo. Let me hear that. Heart. Heart? Yes. They they weren't a duo. Oh, I guess they were a duo. That's a good guess. Yeah. Kind of. That is a good guess. Uh, It's wrong. The Wilson sisters. Hold on. Let me hear it. It's not two women. Okay. (laughs) Rock duo. Cher and Sonny Bono? No. (laughs) Uh, No. You want a little more? All right. Oh, hold on. Again, it's a departure. There, there are other songs that sound nothing like this. Those songs, much I know harder. that lead singer. Hold on. Peter oh, Paul, I know Paul that, and Mary. No, no, no. I know that lead singer. I am damn it, Lewis. Uh, I know that lead singer. I can't think of who it is. Is that Jack White? There you go, Maddie White. Knew it. The White Stripe. Wow. Wow. Now I hear it. Holy shit. Yeah, the voice. I knew who it was. I was thinking female the whole time with the vocals. Jack White. Yeah. That's him and his ex-wife, right? Doing that. Glad I thought of that. You might have to edit it. Was it Meg White? Yeah. Um, It's a nice song. And that's yeah. about ghosts? Is that what it's about? It, you called Little Ghost, right? And um, our blogger writes, this uh, kind of sweet ballad is a little bit country with a driving rhythm that'll have your foot stomping or your lips to play a jug along with, which we were doing here in the studio. This is a great blog. Um, I'm going to check these songs out, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we're moving on to song number six. Oh, Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> Don't fear the ripper. Ronnie's it's one of my on the favorite board. songs in the world. Ronnie's on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Ronnie. I love this Now, song. Blue Oyster Cult, 
Yeah. Aren't they the ones who said they were abducted as a band? That, that would be the Moody Blues. I'm sorry. You're yep. right. You're right. The Blue, Blue Oyster Cult is uh, more cowbell. But I think there might be something going on with Blue Oyster yeah, Cult, Yeah, very, very trippy. This, this song is still... I, I never get sick of it. Such a great timeless. song. Timeless. Yep. Oh, my God. According to uh, Team Hellions, the song references a number of European folklore and literary characters, such as the Grim Reaper, mm. <clears throat> pardon me, Romeo and Juliet, as well as Death and the Maiden. Message put forth is one of peace for the inevitability and comfort despite the dark imagery. Now, David, how many times were you rejected in the backseat of cars to this song? In the, in the <laughs> so much so that I wrote a little song called Paradise by the Dashboard Light. So, um, that was your prom song, wasn't it? Don't Fear the Reaper? <laughs> yes. Don't Fear the Three to two. We got a tough match here. Okay. That's good because I wasn't on the board. Slowly Although you didn't say your name, so technically you lost a point. But I'll what? give it to you. This is a Jeopardy. This is game. a gentleman's game, Maddie. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, song. Ready? <laughs> you face yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't care. I'm going without uh, you guys. Song number five. This is a hard one. If you hear heavy reverb, that's apparently the way the song is supposed to sound. <laughs> Don't know it. I've never heard of this group, so right, I don't... go ahead. Okay. Ronnie. I have no clue. Alright. Song is called Ghost by a band called Neutral Milk Hotel. What the no. fuck? Jeff Magnum's portrayal of spirits <laughs> leaving their bodies is chilling, altogether Ooh. sweet and lighthearted. I love it. Sounds good. It's got all a right. good sound to it. Yeah. yeah it does. So, all right. Yeah, that's it's a cool a, name of, for a band. Yeah. What was it again? Neutral? It was, yeah, Neutral Milk Hotel. I don't know where that comes from, I of course. Neutral Milk yeah. Hotel. Yeah. I like it. All right. Um, moving on. And uh, number four, you'll certainly know the artist, if not the song. <laughs> Maddie, go, Maddie. Johnny Cash, Ghost Rider in the Sky. Boom! Well wow. done, Maddie Blake. That it? Wow! Yes. All right. All right. Spot on. So, if, perfect one. Yeah, if you want a little color on this one, it's yeah. Our writer says it actually has little to do with ghosts and more to do with one man's apocalyptic vision of his potential downfall. The imagery of oh. red-eye, fire-breathing cattle being chased by damn cowboys. Tinges of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and he writes this includes demonic cowboys telling this to be damned cowboy to change his path. And in a way, it's a it's a retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, only with cowboys and cattle. Huh. It's kind of cool. They should make a movie out of that. I would Ironically, watch that. Uh, my wedding song. <laughs> wow, <laughs> just got real dark in here. Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ironically, my good thing she, didn't, she she listens to nothing that I do. Oh my god! Listens she nor listens nor watches anything I do. <laughs> At my wedding, I just had the uh, DJ play a series of Vietnam songs. I just, I just you know, you know, fortunate more son, protest songs. Run through the jungle. Yeah. And now, <laughs> there's something happening here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is ain't exactly clear. This is not a joke. I I coming out of my DJ retirement in like three weeks to do a charity 
benefit for a woman who sadly lo- lost her home in, in a fire. Uh, oh. And it was like a, almost a brand new home and the, it, it burned straight to the ground. And so oh, people geez. are, it's a fundraiser for her. So here's my question to you guys. You should know what the question is. Am I allowed to play Burning Down the House by the Talking Heads? Oh, my God. <laughs> How good of a sense of humor does she have? Uh, I think she's got a pretty good yes, sense of humor. Yes, do it. It's I almost it's worth the risk. Do it. Yes. If she you, turns you know white, you should I'll just do. turn it off. You should, you should have a bunch of songs cued like and go, oh, sorry, and then have it be like, we didn't start the fire. Oh, oh sorry. And then like fire <laughs> by Bruce Springsteen. It's getting hot in oh, here. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's getting hot. <laughs> yeah, just like one after <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Come on, baby. Light my fire. Oh my God! What's happening? Jeez, there are a lot of songs about fire. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me stand next to your fire. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, we are getting down to the nitty gritty. Here's song number three. Actually, <laughs> this has to be Johnny Lee Hooker. I was gonna say. I got the key moving. I got the key no, it's moving. who got the crossroads? Is it Robert Johnson? You didn't say your name, Maddie, but Maddie, Robert Johnson's Crossroads. Is uh, that his name? You got half right, but we said we'd accept the name. That's a, a good pull. Uh, name of the song is Hellhound on My Trail. Okay, Ooh. but it is Robert Johnson. Wow, that, good call, that was uh, legendary, shit. you know, soul blues musician, but also a, kind of a mythical creature. You guys know the the myth, right? The I Crossroads. Mean, the, yeah. I yep. want to do an yes. episode on this. Yep. Yes. I want to do an episode. Well, why do Because we've mentioned it. We mentioned it tonight. Music. The time between musicians and, and that whole Crossroads thing and selling their soul to devils and contracts right. and blood. I think that'd be a great episode. That'd be great. Yep. I agree. All right. He died under mysterious circumstances too, I believe. That yeah, it kind of adds to his yeah. uh, legend. Yeah, um, they say he went from he was an average player, and he went away for a little while, and he came back on the scene, but not long enough where it's like okay, he could have gone and learned yeah. to be a virtuoso. Like a month, he comes back, and, and they like, said he had a different uh, countenance, aura. aura, the whole deal, and he came back, and he was playing in a way that no human had ever played the blues, and all the people were going, "Wow, where the fuck did this guy come from? Huh. This is Robert. This is the same Robert Johnson, and that's, I think, how it started. Like, what did he do? Yeah. What did he do to become soul a virtuoso? Soul to soul. That's right, yeah. All right. Great pull. Here's number two, except it's actually number three, because I screwed up and played him in the wrong order. You wouldn't have known, but I'm just an honest man. So here's, we got two left. Coming from That's a what lawyer. it comes down to. <laughs> non-practic- <laughs> non-practicing lawyer. Downtown, Ronnie. <laughs> All right, here's the next song. <laughs> this is actually an acoustic version of, a, of this particular song. Which I guess is obvious, but the beautiful the, again. Yeah. The, the birth of the morning. Oh, Maddie. Yes. Radiohead. You got it. Uh, the I'm trouble with them. Paranormal element is in the name of the song. Ghost in the computer technology. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of Radiohead things. And it's a play. It's a play on a Bob Dylan song. Oh, I can hear the chorus in my head. I just can't think of the name of the song. Subterranean homesick. Oh, alien, right? wow. 
Matt, are you crushing this? Now, yes, why Matt. is this paranormal? Uh, well, it's got alien in the title, oh. right? But let's 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 see what oh, uh, subtraining. Oh, our, of course, uh, of course. Radiohead's playful use of a Bob Dylan title produced one of their most stunning spacey jams to date. The melody is as inviting as the lyrics, and Tom York sings, I'd wish they'd swoop down in a country lane late at night when I'm driving. Take me on board their beautiful ship. Show me the world as mm. I'd love to see it. So it, it does imagine an alien ab- abduction, mm. I suppose. Mm. All right. And um, we are up to the number one song. This which is, is so fun. Yeah. Um, I'm losing. Especially because I'm winning. Yep. That's yeah. all I care about. <laughs> That's why. You like it. There's, um, as I prepare the final <laughs> song here, I can already think of a few that didn't make uh, it. Have you guys already jotted uh, down? I a got couple? a couple I've, honorable I've mentions. I've got one. I, I yeah. sent one to you. We'll do honorable mentions. At, yeah, right after this. Okay. Here we go with number one. It's and kind by of the, a tough one. By but, the way, Monsters, yeah. send us your honorable mentions. If there's a yeah, song, a paranormal-themed song you didn't hear on this list or that we don't mention, send it to us Let's on Let's assemble our media. own, yeah. All yeah, right, for sure. great. Here we go. Maddie, Go. This is Pussy Riot. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Just, I just wanted to say Pussy Riot. Are they still in jail, by the way? If they're not in jail, oh. they're on their way to jail. <laughs> Is that a Native American flute? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this... Heavy I, Metal Zam I had never heard of this. I thought you guys might have heard of it just because of the... the No. Maddie, this is the part. This is the part where you say the song's beautiful. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. I would have already turned it by now. If it was one uh, of our blogger <laughs> writes. I know I haven't read the t- the answer yet. But blogger writes. This may be the most beautiful paranormal music to ever come out of a speaker or a pair of headphones. Mm. The name. Okay, so the name of the song is "Concerning the UFO Sighting Near Highland, Illinois." Oh. The artist is Suf John Stevens, who I've never heard. Oh, of. Oh yeah, you know Suf her? John Suf John Stevens or something. I've heard people <laughs> all into him. Yeah, is it a him or a her? I don't know. But so, people so, love him. Sounds like a her, her, but I don't know. Or maybe it's a band. We can figure that out. Subject is an obscure UFO sighting that occurred near Highland, Illinois, in a place called Lebanon. What Stevens does with the song is turn it into a metaphor for the incarnation of Jesus Christ, almost giving the Savior an alien background. Hmm. Um, so there you go. So, this, so uh, our, our friends at Team Hellions, I mean, they, they went for uh, the deep pull on number one. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, all right. There's your list. There's hey, your I, I respect them for making the list. Right. Good job, Team Hellions. Yes. Uh, honorable mentions, Ronald. Uh, I sent Dave a, a text. I don't know if he can. Oh, beautiful. Of one. <laughs> Oh boy! It's trying to be secret. Ronnie the Black texted well, me. Let's let's see if let's see if <laughs> if Maddie can figure this. All right, out. Uh, Maddie, you, you maybe give us yours, and I'm gonna pull it. All up right. Ronnie. While you look for yeah. that, I was thinking of. Uh, I guess it's kind of borderline, but uh, witchy woman by the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! It's a witch. Mm-hmm. She's got potions. What? There was a lot of evil. I think Corolla always talks about this. There was a yeah. lot of like in the seventies, evil woman, witchy woman, well, bedeviling woman. Right? You're right. We hated You're women. Right. That was a thing. It was probably t- trying to like tamp down the ERA movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you want to hear Ronnie's? Yeah. All right. Hell no! Once the vocals hit. What'd you say? You'll know once the vocals come in. This is Helen Ready, right? <laughs> I love this band.
Any guess? To you, Megadeth, Hangar oh, 18. Hangar 18, where they kept the uh, spaceship. Oh my UFOs. god, yes. I love this. That is, they are great. They are great. That is the <laughs> definition of heavy metal right there, baby. I love it. Um, how about the affirmation? We mentioned it last week, or no, a few weeks ago, when we were talking about musicians and UFOs. Yeah. Uh, it's not a paranormal song, per se. Yeah. But he mentions his UFO sighting, John Lennon. Nobody told me there'd be days like oh, these. Yeah. There's UFOs over New York, and I ain't too surprised. Right. Oh. Um, how about Neil Young into the Gold Rush, which basically describes an alien craft landing and taking the believers away? I didn't know um, that. Yeah, which wow. Neil Young, which which some people believe, was given to Neil Young through the telepathic alien connection. Right. I don't think he ever oh. claimed it, but I mean, I, that just reminded me of like uh, Van Halen. With Sammy, what's that song when love comes walking in like an alien? Oh yeah, right. That that's the name of the song, right? Love, love comes, comes walking, walking in. in. Yeah, yeah. How about this classic here? Oh yeah, purple people eater. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're throwing in yeah. the the, uh, the kitschy ones, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Monster Mash. <laughs> oh, well, we are called Monster Mash Podcast. You. <laughs> this is like the original version. I should get the. It's great. It's a catchier version. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dig it, man. Uh, well, that was great fun. That was awesome. Fun. Wait, awesome. one more. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, how Honorable we forget, How we forget oh. Norman Greenbaum, though? Spirit in the Sky, baby. I don't know. He, I think he later said, um, well, as Jerry, I heard Jerry Seinfeld say, a guy named Norman Greenbaum writes a song called Spirit in the Sky. Know you got a friend in Jesus. Yeah, I need more information. He says. <laughs> it turns out Norman Norman Greenbaum he just really admired gospel music, and so he just modeled it uh, after. So it's not necessarily a paranormal song, but um, I don't know. I well, just I think yeah, Spirit in the Sky Spirit qualifies. The, sure, it was uh, used to to perfection, in my opinion, in the movie Contact when people are freaking yes. out over oh, yes. the the, uh, yes. the aliens arriving. So that's why I like it. Great song. Great. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Great pick. Great game. Thank you, Producer Dave. And that's how it's done. Another edition of Monster Media. Now let's hear from you. Now it's time for Monster Mail. A lot of great Monster Mail, Ronnie. How do people reach us? Monsterlandreport at gmail.com. And you can also... What? You're just doing cocaine or something? I get a cold. All right. He's over (laughs) there like... <laughs> kind of laid on the draw. Oh, <laughs> the old Don Knotts. Uh, <laughs> Andy, uh, there's three things you need to know about the law in Mayberry. There's Andy, me, and Baby Makes Three. <laughs> so uh, email monsterlandreport at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Monsterland Pod, Instagram, and Twitter. Speaking of social media, we heard from Lori Fesher Moore, who says, Ronnie. Super fan, Lori. Uh, she, she was reacting to the link, and let's talk about this real quick. Yeah. Uh, Chronicle, a local Boston news magazine type show, TV show. Yeah, it's a staple. Yep. They did a piece on UFOs. Yeah, they did a whole piece on basically Douglas Trumbull, Mark D'Antonio. Was in the uh, particular special, and they talked about the UFO Tog Two, which is the device that we want to try to get into Monsterland. So it was a whole cool episode that had some synchronicity back to an episode that we had with 
uh, with our director yeah. friend. Uh, and then with Mark D'Antonio, yeah, and this whole thing, and it was just super cool and uh, kind of highlighted Boston. Well, maybe uh, one of the young producers or somebody at Chronicles <coughs> listening to Monsterland. Hello, we have them on, and suddenly, yeah. <laughs> why don't you have a little? Why don't, how about a little puff piece on Monsterland? Yeah, your old pals sweet. Maddie and Ronnie. Would that be sweet? Huh? Instead of stealing our guests. Yeah. Lori Fisher Moore uh, says, uh, "Guys, Amua Mua. Every time I hear that, I think of you and Maddie playing that woman's soundbite. It's a comet, an asteroid, a rock. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Great. Thank you for that message. Uh, hilarious. Oh, and, Lori. And I just want to say, yes, Lori and Lori Hart have won the uh, a special invite to come and watch Monsland record a podcast. <gasps> done. So they're excited. Done so and we're just done. Gonna figure out. I I thought maybe." Maybe next week with Andy Grant. Fine. Um, maybe we can set that up, have him come in. I dig it. Cool. Uh, this is in regards. We asked people to comment, Ronnie, on your slow motion UFO video. It's on our Facebook if you haven't seen it. Uh, Ronnie's slow motion UFO Facebook. Hey, is dude, that- we might have a spaceship. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a comment right there. We might have had a spaceship in Ronnie's backyard, uh, but some disagree. Like, let's see here. How about Dangerous Dave Ship? Really looks like a couple of birds to me, Ronnie. Two different ones headed in different directions. But then an amendment to that comment, he says in capital letters, I want to believe. But he just doesn't think this particular video is. They're not birds. I was watching that whole area that where I was focusing with the uh, the camera with the cell phone okay. and uh take yeah. it easy yeah. no, no good. Right. take it easy no need to attack give me his give me no his what's his facebook <laughs> handle again give me it give me his handle all right i'll come uh, down that's beautiful um let's see ashley victoria sent us a video from irishpost.com proof ghosts exist Strange specter caught on camera. Um, she wanted to get our thoughts on this. So if you search irishpost.com, Dave, can we pull this up? I should have sent this to you ahead of time. Had I uh, cared at all about this episode wow. or this podcast, <laughs> I would have done that. You bastard. Uh, but I was uh, too busy uh, wasting time watching old golf tournaments. What? That's <laughs> what? not even true. Hell? I was drumming to... Uh, <laughs> To Magpie Salute songs and Rich Robinson's uh, solo work. Okay, so irishpost.com, proof ghosts exist. Strange specter caught on camera. Let's just see. We might have to edit this. I'm sorry. Do they have a search feature on there? Oh, they do. They have a search feature. Oh, there, there you go. There it is. Yep. We got it. All right, so Ashley wanted us to comment on this and see what we think. Proof ghosts exist. Woman captures mysterious specter on camera. During Cork prison visit. Ooh, so a woman, Louise Bunyan, unfortunate name if she has bad feet, (laughs) went on a nighttime tour of Spike Island Prison in Cork. She could never have expected it would bring her face-to-face with a figure from the afterlife, yet that very thing came to pass. Or maybe I should read it as it says in the Irish Post. During a trip they discussed it. <laughs> walking a lonely and darklit character. During a trip and to We didn't have anything to drink that particular day. Bunyan <laughs> spotted something that quite simply couldn't explain. That's a terrible Irish accent. I'm Irish, too. <laughs> All right, so let's just get to the freaking video. Uh, let's see. Oh, God, what oh, is wow. that? What is that? You can go to Irish Post. We'll we'll post Whoa. a link to this. Yeah, it looks almost like. Oh, look at that! 
Holy F. Oh, geez. It does. It almost looks like two feet and Whoa. then a little person. You can oh, see God. A face. Oh, you can God. See a face. That is an apparition. That's a full body apparition, unless there was really yes. a person there. Holy crap. You can see the le- Yes. You I can see the see whole the, body, the, the hands, head. the legs, the head. Um, oh, wow. check that out, everybody. If you're listening, go to, again, that's irishpost.com. Proof ghosts exist. Strange specter caught on camera. It's a wow. great photo. Wow. So thank you for that. The lovely Ashley Victoria. And let's see. Let's see. Oh, she wanted us to do a faker falcon. Faker falcon. What do you think? That looks... I'm oh, going to say... I'm going to say... Fa- factor. I mean, I'm sorry. She wants let's to Let's play another round of <laughs> fact or falcon. Thank you, voice guy, because I didn't know the... I fucked up the name of the game. I don't even drink anymore. All right. Um... I'm gonna say that is fact. I don't. I, I agree with you. I say it's fact. I, you look know. at that. Hold on. <clears throat> go, but go back. No, they, no, they put it through Photoshop as to kind of clear to clean up the it photo. up and oh, enhance, to, enha- to enhance it. Yeah. Right. You know what kind of looks like? All right, so let me describe the picture because in Podland you're not seeing I, I, this. I get the Mike Myers vibe. That's what it looks like. Is that what you got? That. Mm-hmm. I, I was just all right. So. So is it's it, a prison. Is it a, is it a Mike Myers kind of like? That's exactly what I was gonna say. How the? F- it looks like the, Mike Myers. How did I get that from you? Well, like, it's got a white face. Yeah, and it kind of like the gray like. Yes, it looks like it's wearing a, a, a mechanics jumper. Yeah, you know, and then the white mask almost. So it's it's a prison hallway. So that explains the jumper prison outfit. That is one of the most chilling images I've seen because it's not so solid that it's a mistaken person. But it's clearly a figure. I mean, that is oh, yeah. kind of like what I saw in my experience, which, by the way, was, was a home it? for boys. It was oh. a, basically a juvenile jail, if you will, which is kind of eerie. That is. I, um, might, I might need to be fired as producer because when you said uh, Michael Myers, I was looking oh, for Austin of- Powers. <laughs> he looks nothing like Austin Powers. <laughs> well, sure, or the, or the former Red Sox left-handed reliever. <laughs> well, oh, good deep pull. Um, yeah, that is a great image. So I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say fact. That I ain't no fact. falcon, baby. I say fact. All right. There we go. Um, all right, so we'd love to hear from you. Keep the mail coming. Uh, am I forgetting any mail, Ronnie? I don't think so. Uh, I Again, think I did it. not prepare for this episode at all. Yeah, you're terrible tonight. Uh, I am terrible tonight. I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, oh, Dan! Thank God I looked. Oh. This is my favorite email that we got. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, qualify oh. it like that. I love all the emails. I love all the monster mails. <laughs> uh, uh, Ashley, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is from Dan in Clinton, Massachusetts. Nice. Right near. He see. writes, I've been a really big fan of you guys for a long time with the podcast and the late Maddie and Nick show, WAF, RIP. That was my radio show that is no longer. Keep up the great work on the podcast. I don't go to Facebook very often, but decided to check out your page after the last podcast. And the first thing I noticed was how many likes there were. I mean, come on, seriously. So I go to the page, and Ronnie, how many followers did we have? Six, six, six. 666. <laughs> so please like oh us. My Can we go God. to Facebook right now and see if it's, we have 666? It's got to be updated Please, by now. God. Come on. If it's still 666, I'm leaving. We're going now to verify. Come on. Dave, you may have to like this. Dan, thank you, by the way, for letting us know that we are Pod- uh, yeah, being invaded by a demon. <laughs> oh, 672. All right. <laughs> so keep liking us, sharing us. Uh, we never want that. Uh, luckily, that can never happen again. No. Unless we go down. That's right. All right. We're, we ain't going down. Don't we're going unlike nowhere us. but up. Uh, thank you to our guest, Jeff 
Wool wine. Hold on, Maddie. Just oh, it, oh, I should oh. congratulate you yes. both, and you should you should thank your audience for hitting this podcast, hitting a total of ten thousand downloads. Just Sweet, little milestone. And cool. still, and still on the climb. Awesome. Do you know what I have to say about that? Don't you? Thank you, Dave. You're a genius. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, come on, chill. Have you ever hit ten thousand downloads? Now I got 311 <laughs> God damn it, I was going to send this episode of the Magpie Salute, too, and then I keep making 311 references. They're going to freaking kick me out of the band. That's right, I'm in the band. What? They just don't know it yet. I had a fantasy. I went to go see them. <laughs> there better be a, more to this. This is yes, what a sick... And that's where it ends. <laughs> this is what a sick fan I am. I was just on vacation in Florida, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, like 11 days. And during the vacation, I was in the Orlando area on like a golf sojourn with my father. And uh, Magpie was playing some two hours away uh, at Ponte Vedra Beach in Florida. So I got myself a beautiful hotel room on the beach in Jacksonville. Nice. I rented a car. I drove down two hours. uh, Went and saw the Magpie by myself. There were some great Magpie fans there that I knew from seeing at other gigs. It's almost like a little deadhead thing going on, you know, but, but except... Ballsy rock and roll, not trippy bullshit. <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> Anywho, uh, no, I like the dead too. But uh, so I just had the, the the night of my life, you know, just alone seeing the magpie. But now that I'm drumming, I had this fantasy that like halfway through the show, Joe, the drummer, would be like, ow, my arm, it's <laughs> broken. Breaks his arm and or Rich, something. Rich would look down upon me and go, all right, kid, go ahead. <laughs> Let's go. Now's I'm your like, time. God, I'm sad. Wow. I'm a yeah, sad that's... person. No! <laughs> you got, no! You gotta have treats. No! How much does that lead singer regret going, chill? <laughs> chill. <laughs> song now. Like, you know, at the time I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> what word would sound perfect here? Huh, chill. Guys, I got it. Uh, let's go. No, no. Start. No, no. Let's begin. No, 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 no. Chill. You see, it's like counterintuitive. Like you think you're starting the song, and then I'm just like chill. So it's just like you're gonna relax, but you're also gonna rock out. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Oh, beautiful. Hold All on. Right. Pass me that skateboard. I'll explain more. Yeah. All right, we're hacky sacking our way out of here. Uh, uh, thanks, Joe. Great Joel, show. Jeff Woolwine. Thank you, Ronnie LeBlanc. Thank you, Producer Dave. Thank you, Monsters. Let's keep this train rolling. Tell a friend. Share it, share it, share it. Until next time, Monsters, we'll see you. Boom, boom, boom. Rastafariah! Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Chill, have you ever hit 10,000 downloads?